Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode 26 of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj. I'm your friend, Raj. And today I am introing uh, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Uh, Mr. S.B. Moses, uh, a.k.a. Shoebox Moses, a.k.a. Sammy Taggett. Uh, so Sammy uh, is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we met at a mastermind um, event, which is essentially like a small gathering of, of like-minded people who are either meeting for business purposes or just who want to connect and, and network. Um, I try to go to a lot of these so I can continue meeting amazing people um, and learn from them. And Sammy's no different. Uh, I met Sammy at an event. Uh, he was actually the DJ. Uh, so I'm going to start there. Um, Shoebox Moses is a professional party instigator. Um, he's done parties for Virgin Galactic. He's he's a DJed on Necker Island for for Richard Branson, Google, Cirque du Soleil, Ferrari. Um, he travels all over. He has performed on Red Rock in Denver. I mean, uh, Shoebox ha- is just an incredible DJ. Um, and uh, but more than that, he's got an incredible story and 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 the name, how he came up with Shoebox Moses and 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 his backstory. Sammy uh, was found in a shoebox in a dumpster in the Philippines, and I'm going to let him explain his story and how he came about. Uh, but uh, Sammy came from from nothing, from an orphanage, and made his life into what it is. And he's really dedicated his life to helping others in similar situations uh, through his 401c charity organization uh, known as the, the foundlings.org. Um, he's, he's, he's on a mission to help orphanages and orphans uh, use creativity and different means of learning to, uh, to essentially create a life of abundance for themselves. He wants, I just love Sammy so much. He's such a pure soul in every sense of the word for him. He just comes from such a, humbling background has created such success for himself and wants to go back and, and, and change the world for so many children. And, you know, I, I mean, myself, I have a soft spot for kids and we try to help as many kids as we can through Java press. So just chatting with Sammy about this was so refreshing and so amazing and such an incredible conversation for me to even just hear about how he went from uh, being found in a shoebox to being one of uh, you know, going and DJing on Necker Island with Richard Brands. I mean, it's, it's just an inspiring story of somebody who visualized his way to success. Um, and now that he's had success, uh, he's giving back in so many amazing ways. And uh, I love, love, love Sammy to death. And uh, I, I just can't wait for you guys to fall in love with him too. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. But before we get started, Please, 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 if you haven't already, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, on any other medium you choose to listen to our our, our show. Send me an email personally if that's your vibe. Uh, my personal email is chiefbrewer at javapress with an E at the end dot com. Not, okay, well, chiefbrewer at javapress.com. JavaPress has an E at the end. Um, so uh, get in touch with me. Uh, I am, I, I love hearing from, from, from our listeners. Uh, and I especially love it if you hate our show. <laughs> um, well, I, I, like I said, I, I'm, we're learning. We're still pretty in, in the infancy stages of the show. And um, so, any feedback you guys give us, I use to make the show better and better and better, and uh, and bring on and and bring on different guests and and, and talk about different topics that I think are going to be helpful for you guys. So, the more feedback you give me, the better I can make the show for you, because this show really is for all of us. Um, we're all trying to be our best selves and live our best lives and just be happy. And uh, so the more I know about uh, what you guys need, the more I can go and find that and deliver it to you in 
bite-sized chunks every Saturday. Um, so uh, without further ado, like I said, uh, uh, let me know what you need. And I can't wait to hear from you guys. But for now, I hope you guys enjoyed this amazing conversation with uh, my dear friend, Shoebox Moses. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj. And oh man, I'm super, super, super stoked and excited uh, for this week's guest, uh, Mr. Sammy Taggett, aka Shoebox Moses. How you doing, my man? What's up, Raj? How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so good. It's been an amazing like first quarter. Uh, whenever people hear this, this is like what rounding out uh, mid April here. My birthday is on Saturday. It's just, yeah, it's been, it's been oh awesome. man, well, happy early birthday, man! I'm grateful that I get to spend this time with you right now, Thanks, and buddy, and so good uh, to see you. yeah, absolutely. So Sammy and I, uh, we've known each other for about a year now. Yeah. Uh, met at, a, at an entrepreneur event, and uh, he actually. Uh, so Sammy is a D. I we uh, we already covered this in the intro, but uh, Sammy's a DJ, and I remember Sammy. I saw Sammy performing and he was like, Hey, do you want to come up to the DJ booth? I'm like, yeah. So he pulled me up there and I got to see him do his magic and the entire crowd was uh, going crazy. And uh, I just love everything that Sammy stands for. Um, so, uh, and that good. was at uh, camp Maverick, wasn't it? That was camp Maverick, man. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. And uh, yeah. So anyways, let's, uh, let's dive into you, my dude. Um, sure. So, as I, as I mentioned, we already kind of went into your, your story on the intro, but uh, I'd love to learn in your own words, um, the name shoebox Moses, man. How did, how did that come about? Um, tell me more about you, your, your story, your journey, and we'll start there. Sure. So I appreciate that. I think, uh, what's funny that what the incident you're talking about when you popped up in the booth with me, <laughs> uh, when I was in, like, they built me that cage above the, the yeah. crew. Um, that was also the day that like Dan and Melanie were like falling in love on the dance floor. And it's so cool. So I was like, Oh man, because they told me later that they're like, we met on the dance floor while you're playing. And like, we finally connected there, which is like one of my favorite things is that I get a lot of stories where people are, they have such a great time that they're, uh, you know, meeting a certain someone and yeah. like clicking under one of the shows I was doing. So I love that part, but, um, my name, and I don't know why I brought that up, but it's really funny. No, um, no, I love it. <laughs> uh, I was like, there can't be anything better to do than help people, you know, facilitate love. Right. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, shoebox Moses is kind of this really beautiful, um, coming together of my origin story and kind of uh, some of the the history of who I am all together in one, like our, that's kind of the same thing, but it's just how, um, how that whole name came to be was that I was, I was actually with the Mavericks on Necker Island and I had just found out, like my mom had kind of known that I had been found in a shoebox, but she'd never told me. And mm. so I was um, just about, to kind of just like let the world know about this whole thing. And so I was with the Mavericks on Necker Island and they were kind of helping me flush out this origin story. And they were like, what, what do you want to do with this whole shoebox thing? What's important to you? What do you think a name means? Where does your origin start? And I remember just kind of thinking, you know, as we were processing this, I'm like, well, I always loved the story of Moses because Moses was found in a basket. Uh, on the Nile and he freed his people and like Sophia and Yannick and those guys were kind of rounding the bend on one on part of the island and they're like well you've always kind of been our little shoebox Moses and I just remember looking at him and my uh, agent had called me that too and all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh this is this is my my identity, and so people just started calling me the shoebox Moses um, from that, and it was beautiful because it just it capped who I was. It was a it told everybody where my story was from, and so learning that was my origin um, that I was actually found in a box in a dumpster. It was a shoebox in a dumpster, and it's just where everything started, and um, I 
just kind of started getting that called upon me. And so what I yeah. realized when I, when I had um, that identity started to take shape was that it was really this new evolved performer for myself. And it helped me stay on mission with what my job is, which is to go and fix my orphanage and to um, stay on, on mission, which is crazy. And I, I always say it, it's like, I feel like things have been divinely guided and yeah. that name is, is the same thing. So that's where it came from. It just started to just happen. And so over the last like three years, um, I've been, I've been given that name and uh, I've noticed as I introduce myself to kids or people are like, this is, you know, SB Moses kids will be like, I know you, you were like thrown away, but you made this happen with your life. And, and a lot of them will tell me the things that they're going through or the things that have happened to them. And so the whole evolution of what I'm doing is like taking on much bigger things than I thought I was supposed to do. So it's been beautiful. And I don't think as Sammy, it would have happened like that. So the, the identity and everything just kind of just naturally came to be over the last couple of years, but it's really solidified this last year. How do you feel like, I love that. Um, I love that kids come up to you and they say that that's like probably one of the most rewarding. I know you said that you love when people say they fell in love with you, like fell in love and listening to your music. But even that when kids come up to you and tell you that, Hey, um, you know, I know who you are. How, how has the meaning of your name to yourself evolved over time? Um, it just kind of helped me observe who I am a little bit more. And so um, I feel like it's a whole separate person. And so I'm much more responsible for kind of the direction that this, this artist takes um, in a way that's very intentional, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Um, so that's one of the biggest things is, is I become more of an observer of who and where this SB Moses is going when people, it's just weird. I've never had an identity to just like put a mission behind. So I feel yeah. that it's, it's just a whole different um, push and people yeah. can get behind it. They can remember it easier. So what it means to me is probably that I feel just so much more on mission. And so I was telling somebody the other day, just because I have this new moniker and this new push into what I'm trying to do, I feel like I have a mission, which is fueled by really fun businesses instead yeah. of like a business that has a mission. I really feel like we have a mission right now. So tell me, tell me more about this mission. Well, currently there's the, the overarching <laughs> mission Raj, is to be, really spread and amplify the vibe when it comes to a party, when it comes to a, a place or a, an event, anything that I'm doing. I know that my job is just to like to ramp up the vibe and make everything <laughs> better. Um, they used to call me party in a box too. So that was the overall <laughs> mission. Um, but now it's honed in. Like, what do we do with like, okay, we're going to, you know, have this massive platform to, uh, to perform on the mission right now is to actually fix our orphanage uh, in the Philippines that we found three years ago. We found out where we are from. And when I say we, I have a partner who's also from Denver and an adopted Filipino. Her name's Brandy Shigley. And in the process, we actually found out that we're from the same orphanage and we wow. met in Denver. So it's so what crazy. What are the odds, man? Super small. It's like <laughs> super small. So our mission right now is to assist the orphans that are in our specific orphanage with a better way to learn. And we're using tablets and we're putting, um, we're, we're actually creating a whole new learning platform. So when we have a certain section of this orphanage needs to learn English or Tagalog or, or how to do a certain task or cool skill set, they can learn it really fast because we can curtail it with that tablet. And then this section of the orphanage needs to learn something else. So they have the ability to get quick information and quick learning platforms on these things. Yeah. So we're, we're just making this beautiful curriculum. I think um, Vision at Mind Valley is going to help me put it together, kind Amazing, of like how man. they're doing Mind Valley University. But what we want to do, our mission is to give any kid that's coming through that system a leg up. So like they get out of an orphanage and they don't get shoved back into a uh, system that has forgot about them. And it's not, you know, uh, it, it's broken. 
And so what yeah. we want to do is give them a hand up. And it's so weird because we know that if you take any kid, you have any nieces or nephews, you'll watch them. They glue themselves to this tablet. And we know that we can instantly infuse education and a really quick way for them to adjust how fast these kids can learn uh, by using these platforms. With augmented reality, we want to do a little of that. We want to do some of the AR. So if they're pointing at buildings, if they're learning things, they can they can do that. They can learn how to do simple coding. They can learn how to – and this is obviously for, like, the, the teenagers. But once they're 15 and 16, they get shoved back into a system that's totally broken. So we yeah. really are, we're really trying to give them a leg up. And, and this is through creative tools that are based in, in electronic devices? Yep, in electronic devices. Exactly. Amazing, man. Amazing. How do you feel like um, creativity and music help are going to help these kids uh, be more prepared? Um, in what way do you feel like stuff like that? I mean, I'm looking at like my, my own life. Like I never played an instrument when I was growing up. I played sports, but I never played an instrument. So like, how does music kind of come into just learning and, and, and making you a more well-rounded person? That's a great question. I would take it right back to the basics. Um, like you look at when people learn an instrument, um, whether they learn percussion, that helps with math. Uh, once they learn different modalities of expression, whether it's a wind instrument, a piano, you're engaging different parts of your brain. So you're automatically feeding a different part of your brain. Mm -hmm. So the creative yeah. journey that a kid will have learning music, it's a universal, you know, it's a universal language that they'll have anywhere they go. But um, it does, it's like, a pr it's proven that that will fire off a much bigger part of the brain to help them advance in yeah. math and English. And so that's a, that's a great, correlation i think one of the other things that happens filipinos are naturally like i don't know if it's all of them this is such a broad thing but they love to sit <laughs> they just love to they love to do anything with uh with music and entertainment i mean there's probably we did a mission trip last like three years ago and there's a karaoke machine in every single house it was crazy we were in the jungle and i was like is there somebody just singing john denver right now and it was <laughs> little happy Filipino family singing John Denver in the middle of the jungle. Uh, but I think what that does is it's just, they're so expressive and that gives them the ability to have that confidence. And I think um, moving into the future, uh, that's one of the hardest things to like really give kids because they're, you know, with AI, with everything becoming automated, Yeah, we have to give them, uh, and it's not just here, like in the Philippines, they're talking everywhere. Uh, all kids could use a really beautiful, simple form of expression to get that part of them developed and like let the soul express through a medium uh, that's creative, especially with, for me, of course, music saved my life. And I know that there's thousands and thousands, millions of kids that could probably say the same thing. So that's, that's something that we're really, we're really excited to lean into. Um, there's 1.2 million orphans in the Philippines, which is almost 1% wow. of the total population. Yeah. Um, I, I can't give you the specifics on where this came from, but I know they said if through like every hundred thousand kids, you'll find two geniuses. <laughs> and so um, I'm just, it's staggering to think of that something that we might find the next Elon Musk or we could find uh, the next person that could be in my situation that comes up and becomes a producer or tours or gets to do some crazy, amazing things on the planet. So we're, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. And I know that there's a lot of great organizations out there. We just found our niche with creativity and we got the idea of the platforms um, from Abundance. Have you read the book Abundance by Peter Diamandis? Uh, I've, I know Peter Diamandis. I haven't read his book though. So they uh, have a little example in there. One of the prizes that they had for uh, the X prize was to solve mm -hmm. one of the world's biggest problems. And theirs was literacy inside these really remote African jungles. And so they did the same thing. They just dropped like airdropped these tablets basically into these jungles and these kids cracked them open, turned them on. And, and I think it was like three years they were reading at a fourth grade level. And wow. The only, and the only thing that stopped them, and I'm paraphrasing because I, have I haven't brushed up on all those, but it was 
basically they had to stop because there's no more room on the tablets. And this was, Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. So it, it, it's an incredible story on how, how adaptable and how quickly kids can just devour knowledge. Yeah. Especially kids. hundred percent, man. I think, you know, we do a lot of work with kids. Um, and, uh, that's one thing that's always inspired me about working with kids is, you know, if you give a kid a blank slate, and you just a little bit of direction in any direction, it doesn't matter which direction it is. You just give them a slight nudge. Yeah. They run so fast and they learn so quickly and it, and it changes the paradigm. The paradigm just shifts for what's possible. Yeah. You're adding lenses. Um, I want to kind of go back to what you said that music changed your life. Um, how did it change your life? And, and, and in what ways does it continue to impact your life? Um, beyond just you being able to, to to kind of live this mission, like how how did it get, how did you get started? Oh man, my dad was my tennis coach, my music teacher, and my forever you know um, <laughs> he was the guy in the corner. He was my biggest fan. I mean, obviously my mom and my mom too. And I'm so blessed. My my parents are still married, and they've been married mm. for almost fifty years, and they're like best friends, and so. He was the one that taught me how to play music. I remember what I wanted to learn first on an acoustic guitar was a Megadeth song. Yeah. And he took it right back to the roots. He's like, you're going to learn it on an acoustic guitar. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound at all like. <laughs> but um, that was uh, back when I was a kid in sixth grade. So I would always turn like we're a big tennis family. But I remember just mm. always having my racket as a guitar like it wasn't a racket. <laughs> um so part of me always knew i just loved to just pretend in my head i would stand in my sandbox as a kid and listen to led zeppelin and just like listen to houses of the holy and like practice the guitar riffs in my backyard in the middle of the night and i think it was just like for me at first it was just like this beautiful escape and this imaginary place to go to be like ah how it's up but then as i got older I learned that you can vision, you can put yourself in these places. And I saw Pearl Jam play at Red Rocks in 1997. And I went back to my, this is before I had ever watched The Secret or anything. I didn't realize I was actually using what they would call the, the law of intention. Or, and, law of uh, attraction. Yep. Yeah, attraction. And I went back to my, my, my uh, dorm room and I wrote down on the, 30 pages. You will play at Red Rocks. 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 And so it was the first time I, I went and I, you know, pierced time in a way and put myself yeah. there. And I used to walk up on stage uh, in my head over and over and over. And then one day it, it just happened. I threw through and I, I hate to say it just happened, but it, it happened because I told so many people that's my dream. That's what I want to do. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I, I've got bands. I've got, this little, you know, dream. And by chance, somebody heard me talking about how I wanted to be on Red Rocks main stage. And all, all I dreamt of doing was performing. And, and it was so crazy because when it happened, I just remember I, I used to pretend this thing and I'd, I'd walk into like empty rooms. And I'd, <laughs> I'd walk like I was walking on stage and I would look up at this, this whole, you know, sea of people. And if you're not familiar with Red Rocks, it's an incredibly beautiful amphitheater. And it's uh, one of the top three amphitheaters in the United States. It only holds 8,000 people. It's not massive, massive, but it, like 8,000 people. A sheer wall of people is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just, I would say this thing over and over, and it finally, it's nuts, because I remember just stepping on stage and like trying to hold it together and just like looking up. And what I had said over and over in my head, and why this is important, I think, for people listening is that, I had pictured this a million times before it happened and I had put myself there before uh, any of this had happened. And I had done this in my head a thousand different times, a thousand different ways. And it just was so crazy because I saw the, the reality and the dream just be like, and it came together for me at this one yep. time. Yeah. And so I was like looking up and what I kept asking people in my imaginary state and then in the actual time as i would say red rocks i've been i've been dreaming of this forever but do you guys want to help me actualize the dream because i oh. have been to ask 
one question of you guys. And if you could just answer this one question for me, you will help me actualize this dream. Can you do that for me? And they, you know, it wasn't full, but it was like, you know, we were, one of the, we were one of the earlier acts, but it didn't matter. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, and I was like, all right, Red Rocks, are you ready to party? And that was all I needed to say. And my band and everybody just, we just started bouncing. And that was just like the drop. And Dude. I just remember being like, that was sick. And so yeah. that was, uh, that was in 2011 and we were opening for Kid Cudi and Empire of the Sun. And uh, Skrillex and Cascade and all those guys were at this thing called Global Dance Festival, and that was our, that was my big break uh, on the main stage. And then the next year, I played it again. Now I played that stage four or five times, so it was just like this brilliant thing. And so you said, "What's it mean to me?" And like, how beautiful is it? I think one of the things that we forget is that you just got to be so loud about your dreams, and you got to be so intentional about what you set your sights to do and it never happens the way you think but it (laughs) will absolutely present itself and you just have to be aware enough and loud enough in your own soul about it that you see it when it comes and i think that's that's the thing that it helped me realize is like you can you can put these crazy notions out there so when i say we're going to go fix an orphanage and fix these orphanages it's the same process. Uh, when somebody looks at me or they talk to you, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'd like to go meet some of the people on Shark Tank. You know, you put yourself in that spot. And it's so hokey, but it's really not. It's actually one of the most beautiful things I've so learned. Much sense. It just makes so much sense. It does. And and at the same time, it's a divine, it's a divine action that you can take like putting your dreams and your thoughts and your 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 beautiful visions for what you have in your heart out there and then being so loud and and attaching the the anchor to it and and just pulling it into existence or pushing it or however however it ends up happening i just know that people don't do it enough and you got to start with little ones and little goals little thoughts little dreams and as you learn it's just like you know, architect this life. It's, it's so beautiful. And I see it in our group all the time, you know, yeah. I, I know you've seen it like the Mavericks and everybody, they're like, we have a dream to go fix part of the ocean. And the next thing we know, they're sinking a cruise ship and retrofitting it to like build coral. <laughs> or they're like, yeah, we're going to go fix this little part of Detroit and put houses up. I mean, the, the thing that I've learned the most about music and the creation and the origin story of myself is that your dreams and the, and the bridging of those don't just help you. They help so many people Yes, get inspired by the actions that you take. Like probably the most rewarding thing about what's happening with my journey right now is how much I feel that I'm inspiring other people around me to Mm -hmm. just be like, Oh my God, I can't believe how much you're doing. I had a shitty day. I watched your thing. And, and I'm just stepping into that, you know, this whole thing, you're doing the same thing, right? I think we're just hitting the gas pedal on some of our biggest, most beautiful grand uh, adventures and, and moves on the planet. So it's, it's only fitting that you're, you're amassing such an, incredible group of, of entrepreneurs and, and mission makers. Cause it's, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so, and I, I don't know if I told you, but I'm so thankful that you had me on this cause it just, just makes me so happy. I think we reflect what we're doing in the, in others, you know? So um, 100% man, I'm, yeah. I'm beyond, uh, I, I think you're a beautiful soul just in general. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's no, it's, it's inspiring, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I've I've always thought that it takes the same amount of energy. Uh, first it takes the same amount of energy and same amount of thought power to think about negative things versus what you want. Um, and then on top of that, it takes the same amount of energy to think about the small things you want and the big things you want. So all of this takes the same amount of energy. Why wouldn't we just feel and believe and think and be as big as we possibly can be because you are absolutely right. The brighter you shine, the more you bring people to the light totally. and you, you shine light. I mean, like this is what the world needs and I'm just inspired by you, man. I'm, 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 
I'm grateful to have you as a friend and I'm just pumped, man. So tell me more about this. I want to talk about, cause I think visualization and, and you summed it so well, so beautifully in your own life. Um, you know, obviously be, beyond the like walking into rooms and, and imagining it, I mean, like, what did you do every day to keep yourself focused and moving towards this massive dream? Because I think that a lot of times, uh, at least for me, I get shiny object syndrome and I see shiny objects in the peripheral or, or as I'm going towards a mission or something that's, that I'm, I, I want, I, I see these other opportunities. How do you, how do you stay focused and, and moving towards the things that matter most to you in that moment? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think one, having them in front of you, just having the visual thing in front of you, I'll, uh, I'll send you some pictures. I think my vision board's actually in my closet um, from when I did that. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, let's do this. Everything that I've ever put on a vision board, which I thought was one of the most brilliant things, uh, these little vision boards um, that I've put on there comes to pass. And I think mm. um, when, I think the, the coolest thing is visual, visualizing is one thing. Um, but when you, when you put your reticular activating system up and you start not even consciously pulling in different things that will take you towards this dream, mm -hmm. then that, and if people are listening and they're not familiar with the, the RAS or that reticular activating system, it's the same, it's the same muscle in your brain that if you buy, say you buy a new Audi and you see that Audi on the road everywhere, you know, yeah. that's this beautiful part of our brain that takes in so much more information than we could ever possibly fathom. And so once you put those things in, in, in motion and you put them in front of you, especially visually, or, and then you attach an emotion to it and then you attach tactical stuff towards it, uh, a dream or a goal in this case, you literally just pull things from the unconscious part of your mind and, and the world that you're not even noticing. These opportunities come to you. And I think that's one of the things when you said, like, how did you visualize it? How did you, how did you, you know, motivate yourself to get that done? And I think the first thing is just, I don't know why people don't do this all the time, why we don't force kids to do this all the time, to put their really beautiful dreams in front of them. Mm, so they can yeah. see them and read them and, you know, think on them and meditate on them. And, you know, it could be as, as I think for kids that come from an orphanage, I mean, I think it just, it, it kills me that a lot of them will just be like, I just want to visualize having a family. I want to mm, do that. That's yeah. a whole nother thing. Um, but I think if, if that becomes loud enough and they have that big of a dream and we give them a platform to kind of express uh, this, this dream that they have, I think that's one of the things that I've been called to do. So and it's kind of a side tangent to what you're asking, but I'm trying to figure out how to give these kids a beautiful platform to voice their dreams. And they may not get a family, but I want them to learn how to actually take a dream that they've got deep in them. And if the outside world doesn't seem like it could do it, we'll give them a voice to, you know, speak on that dream so they don't lose hope. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest thing that that I'm trying to figure out as we move, as I've learned so much more about this system. And that's not, again, it's not just in the Philippines by any stretch. This is all over the planet. How do we give kids that may seem hopeless or without dreams, uh, a platform and a way to have hope and, and to dream. And so that's one of the things that we really, we really are trying to, bring into the forefront of our, of our mission is like to give these kids a voice and a way to dream and hope. So, uh, that's, that's one of the things that's pushed me. So I know that's been a roundabout answer to how that motivates me, but it's just by getting the things in front of me and staying intentional to them and then teaching other people how to do the same thing. So that's, I that's think, uh, you, I think you just being this, I, I think, I think leading by example is probably the, I really don't know if I answered anything that you asked. Just now, but I felt like I was... No, 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 no. You gave, you gave me, 
you, you get food for thought. I, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, routines and, and, and recipes for success. I mean, there's no one flavor. Yeah. Um, there's a million ways to do it. And just by you talking about the way that you think about visualization and, and, and I think it's important, you know, like you said it yourself, the best way that you actualize it in yourself is by teaching others. And by you doing that alone, by saying, hey, I want to teach these kids or I want to show these kids how they can visualize. Because if you can teach a child how to adopt the concept of visualization, you can teach anybody. Um, And so, man, I think I think that's one of the I think you answered the question better than you thought you were answering the question. (laughs) Oh, good, Um, because I didn't think I was answering anything. I just remember checking in and then observing, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so I'm glad that I was answering. It's a combination of Sammy T and SP <laughs> in the flesh right now. And yeah, I'm, you saw the internal dialogue that happens on the daily. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you but catch I, yourself uh oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I, I think I yeah, I think I know what you're gonna ask. Do you, do I catch myself talking? To myself, no. or? You, yeah, that's that pretty much. Oh. Do you catch yourself talking to yourself, and if so, what does that dialogue look like? Is it, is it like positive? Is it usually like catching yourself like going off on tangents? Like, what does that look like? Oh, it's totally going off on tangents. I'm the shiniest object person too. I think, um, but I have noticed as somebody that's like trying to stay super mission driven and on point with like my projects that I can tell really quickly when I'm talking to this performer like how far i've deviated from like the mark on a day you know like i'll be 14 different tabs deep and i'll be like yo relive back what are you doing and that is a that's i think that's a an evolved state where you're an observer of what your actions are um but i noticed once i donned this new performer um that i saw much quicker how you know off off (laughs) <laughs> the mark I could be. So I've, I've le- really learned to get myself back to North a lot faster um, with this performance person. But my, my general talk to myself like is very positive. I wake up each morning. I do a quick um, gratitude exercise where I talk out loud to myself three things that I'm thankful for before I even get out of bed. I don't look at a phone. I don't check emails until the afternoon usually. And I really do my best to have incredible self-talk so uh that that that's shifted and i think that's changed everything i've i don't know how i did that uh growing up where i didn't have that much you know i didn't put attention to starting the day with with that attitude of pure gratitude and appreciation so that that's something that over the last few years has changed everything in it i i would say if there's anything that people could take away from our little chat today. One tactical thing, if you can wake up every day and say three things, whether even if you're having the shittiest day, like, Oh my God, I'm just glad I have a pillow. Or uh, if I'm, I'm thankful that today I'm going to have breakfast or Holy crap, I got a beautiful wife next to me or I've got, you know, great, amazing friends, whatever three things you can just attach to, it will pull your day into the most beautiful space instantly. And it's the easiest thing you can do. What about, uh, I think gratitude, it's really easy to feel gratitude when, when things are going really well. Yeah. How do you cultivate gratitude when things are going really bad? Oh, that's a, that's a super, super great question. Um, I think one of the things that, and it's a shift because gratitude is a, is a great way to say I'm, I'm grateful for something. I have gratitude for something. It also has a bit of a weird connotation. And then I'll, I think this is kind of, answer itself i switched because i have days where i'm not like oh my god i'm so grateful for this and i love i have a lot of days filled with guilt like i'm like dude you're just wasting time right now you could be fixing this so it's easy to get in that death rattle and i think one of the things that i switched this year um is being actively appreciative because there's a weird thing when you say hey i have so much gratitude for you it's almost like saying i have I feel so thankful for you and I owe you something. Mm. There's a weird switch. So I've noticed when I'm feeling in that time of, you know, maybe I'm not having the best day. I do a, a, a shift where I actively appreciate and I get myself to a state and a feeling of active appreciation. Mm. Not that I owe anybody anything, not that anybody owes me anything, but just this active appreciation 
that I've found is really easy to get to, much easier to get to than a state of gratitude if I'm having an awful day. And appreciation just leaves it open to not have the pressure that I owe somebody something. And mm. I think for a long time, uh, I would wake up so gracious and I'd have that attitude of gratitude. But sometimes you notice there's like, oh man, I have, I have, am so grateful for you. I have so much gratitude. But there's like that sense, that little overarching sense that you owe somebody something for it. So I've switched that lately through a couple of my mentors and that they said, you know, they've all said the same thing. It's this active appreciation, which helps, helps really free yourself from the pressure of feeling like you owe somebody. But if you can actively appreciate what you have and look for the best next thing, not the next best thing, but the best next thing and be appreciative and actively appreciative. I love getting into that flow and to that energetic state, especially when I have bad days. So it's just a simple switch from gratitude mm, to yeah. active appreciation. Does that make sense? I love that dude. So it's, it's so much more tangible too. Cause I feel sometimes I feel like, um, you know, uh, you know, Alan, right. Alan Brower. Um, oh yeah, I love yeah, Alan. He, yeah, Alan's great. Uh, he actually gave me a uh, for everyone listening. Alan uh, is the co-founder of Best Self Code, so he's all about this type of stuff. And um, and he gave me a tip: instead of writing down three things you're grateful for, write down one thing you're grateful for and three reasons why. And what I found when that was happening was that, or when I was usually just writing something I was grateful for, it, it became very monotonous. What I love about what you're saying about active appreciation is that you're trying to find the best thing in your life and show active appreciation for it. It may not be your family at this time. It may not be the, the, the three things that you're grateful for. It might be something right in front of you. It might be this cup of coffee or it might be um, this opportunity or it might be this show or it might be this person next. It, it might be anything. And, uh, that's amazing, man. I love that shift. I, thank you for sharing that. Uh, sure. I learned that one. Um, there's an incredible guy, Jesse Elders. Yeah, I'm uh, a fan. <laughs> that dude cracked me open. I was with him in San Antonio. And uh, anytime you have the opportunity to, you know, go and sit with some of the people that you, you hold as, like, sages in your mind for cracking you open with simple truth – you got to hang out with those people. Right. So I, um, I was so blessed. I met him at a baby bathwater event and he's like, you know, he's this full philosophical life architect in a yeah. way. I don't even know what you'd call what he does, but his, his delivery of that to me did the same thing. I was like, Holy, Holy sweet mother Mary. That is a totally resonates with me. Like active appreciation it. is such a, a great way to feel better quick. The active That's appreciation because that's all it is. We just are trying to get to feel. I don't need piles of money. I don't need this. I want the feeling that these things give me. I don't need a brand new car. I don't need, I need the feeling. And then you actively appreciate what you have. You're like, oh, I can get right, right, I can get right back there with, with the search, the active appreciation. So it's, I love it, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's profound. I hope everyone on the, everyone's listening is, is taking that one down. I'm taking that one down right now. Wait, what <laughs> happened? I blacked out. <laughs> 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 oh man, there you got me rolling, dude. Um, no, man, I uh, I, lo I love God, this is this has been such a fruitful conversation. Um, Sammy, tell me more about uh, your 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 charity um, and uh, and the work you're doing there, and um, and yeah, just tell me more about the foundlings. Sure, and that was um, the name that we have chosen to give that that organization is what they call babies when they find them. Obviously, they're called foundlings. Uh, I'm a foundling. Brandy was a foundling. Uh, and that organization is just set up. We, we originally started out just to have it based solely to provide these education platforms uh, to, you know, help kids have a better foothold on what's going on in the real world when they get out of the orphanage. But we've really, we found quite quickly that we're also going to be branching out into uh, how to adopt. Because that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest things is people are like, I love learning all this stuff, but how do you adopt? How do you go through the process? How, how come there's such a stalemate? How come there's 1.2 million orphan kids and there's no easy process to get kids out? And how do, how do you go through that process? 
So that's one of the other big pieces of the foundlings is like, yeah, we can, we can empower these kids, but why not empower the other side of society to bridge that gap? And be like, here you go. We've got, yep. we've got so many ways to get these kids. So that's the other part. So educate the, the existing orphans and then educate and hopefully motivate this part of society to bring themselves into an understanding on how to adopt and, and do that. So that's the two, you know, things that have really flushed out. And like I said, we're less than a year old. So there's a couple things that we're really trying to get our mission really, you know, bottled up and, and figure out how to execute that. But the first thing we're doing is just getting back over there, finding out what, what they need. Cause every orphanage is different. You've got, I think our orphanage, which was right outside of Quezon City, had right around 450 kids in there. Mm, and, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a huge orphan, that's, that's orphanage. A of, that's a lot of kids, yeah. Yeah, so there's so many different factions of how much how much this age group needs, this age group needs, and what we can do to like raise the tide up together for all of them. So uh, I think through some very careful and very strategic – implementation of these you know the deployment of these tablets we can we can you know triple or quadruple the speed at which these kids can learn and execute that knowledge i'm so excited for you man this is uh this is a beautiful organization and it comes from such a good place i mean i can feel just your energy and, and your soul through this entire conversation and uh yeah, so if anybody's interested um, in learning more about the foundlings, uh, visit www.thefoundlings.com. Uh, it it's dot org. It's a, org. It's a yeah, we're a, we're a 501c3. Um, Perfect. Yeah, they can go to thefoundlings.org. Um, there's ways to get involved, even in the local area. Uh, there's just going to be a ton of information to you know, educate yourself and empower yourself with knowledge about what's happening uh, with orphans in the Philippines. And then even what's happening, we're going to get a bunch of really cool backlinks to any place in, in the areas. Cause there's so that's the beautiful thing about technology. And you know, this Raj, yeah. we can, we can geolocate wherever you guys are at instantaneously and with plugins and how it is, we can find you guys the information you need instantaneously to, you know, put yourself in a spot where you're at today. It doesn't need to be necessarily that we're needing all of this time, these resources to help this one orphanage. You can go out immediately and go work with some kids after school. Um, there's a million different people that need help right now uh, where you're at. You're within a yeah. stone's throw of somebody that could use a little hand. And so what we want to do is, is provide a really great resource for people that are interested in the adoption process and then interested in showing kids how to educate themselves. And I think the great thing about it, it doesn't have to be like orphan kids. If your kid's having a problem, I, I would love to say one day that through the foundlings, you know, kids that were having problems in school found a resource, you know, that, that would be my biggest dream. Oh my God, Raj, just, just to be have like kids be like, Oh yeah, it sucked at, arithmetic or I had the worst time here, but I, you know, discovered Nick shoebox Moses and Brandy and I learned how to dream and how to execute a dream. And I'm, I'm a normal kid. And my biggest vision, what I've always dreamt of was having these orphans come out of the orphanage being like, yeah, we learned to, to dream. And even though we didn't get a, you know, a, a, so-called family i learned how to create a future for myself through through what they taught us yeah. so that's my two two big big visions for the for the organization and, and what i want to leave my legacy on this little blue rock of ours well be. tell uh blue rock i like that this is your blue rock not your red rock um keep keep telling people man i love this uh anybody who wants to get involved like i said we'll have all these resources available on the page and throw a ton of love Sammy's way. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with Sammy, uh, you can just go to, uh, we'll have links of this up too, but I think shoeboxmoses.com. Yep. Shoeboxmoses.com. Perfect. All right, man. Well, Sammy, I got one last question for you, my brother. Um, sure, bro. we ask, uh, we ask all of our amazing guests, this one question in the midst of everything you've accomplished, um, from where you were to where you are now, 
How do you stay grounded on a daily basis? Oh, I'm not grounded. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, uh, let's I end think, it now. Let's cut. <laughs> I'm not. Thanks. So <laughs> I think I just laugh. I, uh, I find that active appreciation and, and staying humbled through, uh, through laughter and, and not as heavy as the subject of our, our mission is, I think I, um, uh, you know me. I'm like I'm constantly appreciative of everything I do, and I I appreciate everyone's everyone in my life to the utmost. And I try to find um, I try to stay super humble through actively appreciating everybody to the fullest and and my position in this world to the fullest. So it's just like a, that attitude of simple gratitude and appreciation is what kept me humble. People call me humble, which I always, I love that. I love knowing that people think I'm humble. I learned, I learned in one of my businesses, um, right, right out of college. I didn't make it to college. So it was like, you know, pre it'd be like the third year of college, uh, that I worked with this amazing sales agency and they were the most humble people. They're making tons of money, but they're in the trenches and they just stayed humble through this attitude of appreciation and gratitude. And I was like, ah, I want to live like that. So that's kind of what kept me grounded. Um, Just having fun and being actively appreciative of, of everything we've got. We've got a beautiful planet and we got a beautiful life, a lot of BS going on, but you know, we can sift through that and we can definitely sift through it together. Oh man, I love that. Sift through it together. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, Sammy Taggett, aka Shoebox Moses, aka uh, Party in a Box. Um, and uh, for everybody joining, uh, we will give all these resources so that you can find Sammy and and be a part of his world. But Sammy, I just want to take a moment to say thank you, man. I I, I love <laughs> you. I, I love you too, man. I'm grateful just for you, your energy, and and just how you're living life. You make me just want to go out there and smile and give hugs and have a good time. And uh, oh, thank you, bro. You. I hope that I hope that translate for your crew and your audience out there too. Because go out there, smile, get some hugs. Absolutely. Well, uh, so everybody, that is a wrap of uh, this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj. This is your boy, Sammy T. And uh, we will catch you later. Yes. Stay grounded. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.